Welcome to Living Fullness, a podcast where you're invited to walk with two unusual friends through the ups and downs of the art of friendship. My name is Stina Constantine. My name is Father Sean Burns, and together we explore what it takes to grow real, satisfying friendships, the joys and challenges we face along the way, and of course, becoming a good friend ourselves. We hope by sharing our learning and experiences, this podcast will serve you in living your life to the full. Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of Living Fullness. Whether you're listening in through your earpiece, in your car or in your home, as always, we are excited to have you here with us. How are you going today, Padre? Well, thank you, Stina. How are you? I am doing good. That's the way. What have you been up to? I've been bowling for the first time in donkey's ages the other day. (laughs) It's fantastic. It's brilliant. Yeah, it it was a lot of fun. That's the way? Yeah. How'd you go? Oh, I suck. <laughs> but, but you know. Was, I asked that as if I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, you know. <clears throat> Stina won. Yeah. Uh, so so <laughs> there was a bunch of us out and, and uh, shout out to Mary Claire and, and uh, Matthew Tan for uh, their, their, their company. And, uh, and competitive and spirit. And competitive spirit, yes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was good. How about you? Yeah, yeah, other than, you know, smashing you in bowling. <laughs> <laughs> Don't rub it in or anything, just, you because you brought it up. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it's my fault, yeah. Uh, other than that, I actually had a lovely day off recently. Mm. I decided to go out for breakfast and... Just spend some time alone reading a book. Nice, nice. So by the end of it, I kind of felt like I'd just been on a breakfast date with Dorothy Day reading her biography, which is, yeah. yeah. She's an amazing woman. Yeah, so far I'm seeing that. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing that. Yeah. Yeah, so heaps cool, heaps cool. Awesome, awesome. Okay. So today's episode, we're we're looking at respecting boundaries within the context of romantic relationships – uh, one of the questions that I get as a priest quite a lot is how far is too far mm. in the context of a romantic relationship? Um, now, this question is already problematic to a degree uh, insofar as its starting premise is that a person is an object to be used for my pleasure and I want to know how far I can use them before it gets me into trouble. Mm. You know, that's the that that's sort of implicit within that question. Yeah. Mm. It's sort of asking the question, how much can I actually get out of this person as opposed to, you know, how can I love this person better? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, you know, if there is – if there are people who genuinely are asking this question because they're not sure about what healthy boundaries – look like in a relationship mm. that's a fair question yeah a yeah. fair uh, intention yeah to ask but I, I guess the the way that we would rephrase that question in, in that case would be what does affection in a healthy god-oriented relationship look like that's a good question mm. yeah yeah absolutely so healthy romantic relationships are are really governed by boundaries you know, uh, which which is kind of an interesting thing because we we see in modern Western civilization 
that romantic relationships are characterized not by the setting of boundaries, but by the transgression of boundaries. Uh, the crossing of boundaries is kind of equated with intimacy. However, genuine intimacy is gained not by the crossing of boundaries into territory, which is appropriate only for one's spouse. Rather, it is gained by the natural development of a relationship which occurs over time. Getting to know and appreciate someone for who they are and not what they have or can provide is the precondition for intimacy. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And there's different forms of intimacy too. I think sometimes we can get into our, our heads that when it comes to a healthy relationship and when it comes to setting boundaries, that they those boundaries need only be physical. Yeah, which yeah. Which is not, not the case because intimacy, you know, it's that into me see, right? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, I like that. So I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah. So it's about not just the physical but also the mental and the emotional and the spiritual realm. Yeah. as well. And so when we cross one of these boundaries without the others being appropriately uh, invited into, we're only experiencing a part of part of that person. We're not actually able to see them as a whole person. Mm. We're not meant to be parts. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. We're meant to appreciate one another as a whole. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And so the sort of modern notion of intimacy there is a, there's a falsity that can sit behind that. Um, there's a general opinion that once living together has been achieved, there is a, that's, that's sort of the pinnacle of intimacy. Uh, and this really is, is false intimacy based upon ownership of assets, really, mm. you know, rather than a shared economic life, which is the result of genuine intimacy. Uh, formed by a naturally progressing relationship guided by boundaries which orient us to the good of each other but also to of God. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And, it, you know, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it, when, when we have a, a society and a culture that's cease valuing life as the greatest gift that we can actually be given and we place more importance on on things that we, you know, that we own or the status that we might have in society, you know, that could be a job that we've worked really hard for or um, owning a house or owning mm. a car, mm. pets and so on. When we place a greater importance on on these things than on the gift of life itself, it yeah. makes sense yeah. that we would actually consider a sharing of those things a kind of intimacy. Yeah. When really those things are just they're just things. Yeah. <laughs> they're not they're not us. Yeah. They're not who we are, unlike right. physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, which is all a part of us. Mm. These other things are external to us. Yeah. So yeah. when it comes to, you know, sharing our assets with one another, it's that that's why, you know, we put moving in together as the the ultimate goal of a relationship. Yes. Until until a couple decide you know, well, now we want a child. But until then, mm. the, the end goal becomes shared assets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We also can't stipulate exactly what a, a healthy relationship will look like because that will take away the individuality of a person. So if we were to say all of these things, A to Z is what needs to be seen in a relationship in order for it to be considered a healthy relationship 
we would take away the creative expression right. of a person within right. a relationship, which is why communication is so key in a yeah. healthy relationship. Yeah. Boundaries aren't uh, legislation that applies to every single relationship. It's it's boundaries are set as a result of a, a, a personal relationship, and they may be guided by by certain principles, but um, boundaries work precisely because they they are based on relationship. Yeah. 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 So in order to, to talk about boundaries, it's it's sort of necessary to know ourselves first and to know how we react and respond to certain types of affection. And what actually leads us to arousal or what doesn't lead us to arousal. And so we should probably start by saying that, look, sexual attraction is good. Mm. It's good. God made it good. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's not a sin. It's not a crime. It's good. The issue arises when the desire becomes an end in itself, when it's no longer oriented towards our true good, but oriented towards the pursuit of pleasure so that somebody else becomes the means by which I experience pleasure. Yeah. A means to an end, as it were. Yeah. 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 It's also necessary that we actually have a bit of a chat about, you know, what, what effect different types of affection have on each other. Mm. And it's, it's so important that that be part of the, the communication and the dialogue and the conversation that we have in our relationship so that a couple can actually safeguard one another. So when we're entering into, you know, a new relationship, for example, if you're entering into a new relationship, you might already know what some of these things are, whether certain types of affections have a certain impact on you or not. Mm. And then there'll be other things that you won't know until they arise. But it's so important that they don't get glossed over, but they're actually brought to light. And, yeah, and yeah. the way I like to think about it is that, you know, if your significant other who truly loves you was doing something that inadvertently was actually harming you, do you think that they would want to know? Mm. And how do you think they would feel if you hid it from them? Yeah. And then to sort of flip it, you know, how would you feel if they hid it from you out of, you know, fear of judgment mm. or embarrassment mm. or, you know, avoidance of awkward conversation? You know, how, how would that make you feel? And so similarly when it comes to the impact of how affection impacts us, we owe it to our significant other yeah, out of yeah. love for them mm. to let them see and understand the impact that it has on us because it actually gives them the opportunity to truly love us mm. for who we are and gives you both an opportunity to uphold that boundary instead yeah. of it being glossed over. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And so for that reason, different couples have different boundaries. You know, some, some couples choose not to share a kiss until a certain level, until they've reached a certain level of a relationship or they choose not to be left alone at certain times, you know. Mm, mm. Even, you know, particular physical touch boundaries, you know, some, some couples prefer not to have extended hand-holding or hugs for yeah. an extended period of time. You know, every couple is different and should be. Yeah. Every couple yeah. should be different depending yeah, exactly. on what the needs are of that couple yeah. And the boundaries that they need to keep in place to dynamic. safeguard each other. Yep. Yeah, dynamic. Yep. Good word. An interesting thing. So 
people often ask priests a lot of questions surrounding boundaries and relationships, normally bordering on moral issues and sexual intimacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're looking for, for moral compass, moral guidance, and uh, I, I think it's worthwhile addressing some of those some of those aspects, not in in uh, specific, but just in terms of generally the way that these questions are brought forward and perhaps how they could be addressed. Uh, so, for instance, how how far is too far? Mm-hmm. You know, that's that mm-hmm. that's a frequent question that 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 priests would often get, um, and and sometimes moral problems are kind of presented as a, a bit of a checklist. Like, okay, if I do this and this and this and this and this, then I'm right and I'm set and everything's moral mm. and okay. Uh, look, you know, let's let's not checklist checklist this business. You know, it's it's. Um, uh, we, we shouldn't view morality just as a as 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 a ticking a box. Yeah. You know, if morality is a is actually the result of a loving relationship with Jesus Christ, and therefore a, a loving relationship with our neighbour, then surely it's more than ticking the box of yes, this is moral. You know? Yeah. Uh, so you know, just the way you're describing that makes it sound like you're just trying to get a job done. Right. It's a fairly legalistic approach yeah. to morality, right? Well, now, now, underneath this sometimes, and this isn't every time, this isn't all things, but, but certainly in the case of men, sometimes it can be a case that, that those who are sort of looking for a checklist solution to a series of problems – they can be recovering from some kind of addiction, such as a pornography addiction. And if their recovery only includes coping and not thriving or moving towards thriving, they'll tend towards looking for a, a bit of a checklist mentality towards morality. Mm. No, and that's, 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 that's not me saying that, that coping is bad. Mm. Um, you know, coping is 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 good, and coping doesn't need to devolve mm-hmm. into a checklist kind of morality at all. It doesn't. Coping is a necessary part of moving away from addictive tendencies. Yeah. You know, but if we only stay at the level of coping, then morality sort of becomes, you know, how many steps away am I from falling? Mm. And so the checklist naturally kind of develops where there's no movement away from or no movement from coping into thriving and again yeah. that's a dynamic that's a that's that they're not separate completely separate boxes that's a dynamic movement uh, but it's important that the movement actually be happening not that somebody just be staying statically in a coping uh, sort of a coping mechanism so sometimes that can be taking place so recovering and thriving uh, in the place where we're recovering and we're, we're, we're beginning to thrive, temptations may still be felt. Uh, but self-mastery allows you to prioritise with joy, loving and serving God, family and neighbour. Now, added to that, just for the record, look, you don't need to ask a priest every little thing. You can ask a priest if you're unsure about something. By all means, this isn't me saying don't ask us stuff. By all means, ask whatever you want. Uh, but you know, don't don't go looking for a checklist. It's it's okay to apply the principles, the moral principles that the church gives us, 
it's okay to, to simply make the application to our own lives. And that's, that is not me talking about relativism, moral relativism. That's, that's not what I'm saying at all. The church gives us very clear moral boundaries. Within those boundaries, we can operate fairly freely. Mm. You know, and, and uh, because those boundaries are there for our good, for us to grow closer to God. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're not just prescriptive. They're not just sort of... Uh, or prescriptive or, or, or prescriptive? <laughs> I don't know what the right word is. Uh, they, they, they don't just say what we should and shouldn't do. Mm. They, they, they actually give us the means by which we can love God and neighbour. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, beautifully said. That prescriptiveness actually takes away our freedom and takes away the creativity that we have. Right, um, right. And it really turns our relationships into just mechanics, really. Right, exactly. Exactly right, it yes. away from that. And, yes. But, uh, you know, just remembering that we're, we're living, breathing beings that are created in the image of God and we shouldn't be treated as anything less than that. Exactly right. Exactly right. Spot on. So there you have it. There's an episode on boundaries particularly in romantic relationships and respect and trust. Mm. Mm. So hopefully that's been somewhat hopefully, useful in some way. Hopefully it's been useful in some way. Mm. A truth, beauty and goodness for you, Padre, for this week. Right. So I have a, a friend in ministry who's been, um, he's been going through a bit of a, a, bit of a rough trot and um, uh, watching him thrive through the rough trot has been absolutely it's just been so moving mm. uh, because the rough trot's been there, the difficulty has been there, and he's felt that deeply. W- with that, he's, he's lent into Christ. Mm. You know, he's given that to the Lord and grown because of it. And it's just, it's just been heroic to watch. It really has. So, yeah, that's, that's my truth, beauty, goodness of the world. Oh, how beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, how about yourself? Beautiful. Oh, gosh. Um, For me, it's actually been invitations. So there's been a lot of people who've been reaching out with different invitations. But one of them that struck me was um, a mum, a young mum that I know, um, that I've worked with her husband in ministry years ago. So I don't know the mum too well, but um, have had a few interactions. and, And this person just sort of, we've sort of just spoken uh, you know, after after church on Sunday, we don't really have too much to do with each other. But she reached out recently and said, hey, I hope you're doing okay with everything that's going on at the moment. And mm. if you're free sometimes this week, would you like to have a, a coffee or do your lunch or a breakfast or something? So I'm actually heading over to her place in the morning to have breakfast with her after the kids have gone That is school, really, so. really cool. It's just lovely. It's really yeah. lovely that someone would reach out like that and, mm, mm. Um, and I just said that to her you know thanks so much for, for yeah. reaching out like that and for yeah. giving me an invitation like that and she said no look I've actually been meaning to do it for ages so <laughs> I'm really glad that this has worked out so yeah, yeah. yeah really looking forward to that that is really cool mm. yeah mm. yeah well thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Living Fullness we hope that there's been something in this episode that's resonated with you that you found useful or helpful in some way mm. if you've got any thoughts comments or questions just pass them along to us you can get in touch with us on the Instagram page Living Fullness you can also jump over to our Facebook group also Living Fullness at Virtue Ministry but as always until next time know of our love and prayers God bless God bless